Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Let's Level Up, the audio podcast from your probably least favorite gaming channel on YouTube. Um, <laughs> we, um, I actually am joined today by somebody who I admire very much in this, in this medium, and um, he is the uh, owner-operator and um, definitely the handsomest guy on the channel. Well, probably not. Luke's probably got you beat there, Rodney. Uh, I'm sure he does. <laughs> uh, this is, I'm joined today by Rodney Smith from Watch It Play. And uh, just first and foremost, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us today on the podcast, Rodney. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And there's uh, no need to be humble about your your uh, your podcast. I, I'm enjoying it already with such a nice <laughs> intro. <laughs> and you I don't know. I don't know if I'm really the owner of Watch It Played. I think. I think if I was to say that too loudly, my wife might duck her head in the door um, <laughs> and challenge that notion. <laughs> you know, uh, that's actually, uh, um, I've seen quite a few of the Watch It Played videos, and I don't think I've ever seen your wife on camera um, other than, I, I think you shared a very early video where you guys were doing uh, a Christmas. Are you, are, you suggesting, are you suggesting I don't have a wife? That no. It's a ruse? No, I'm su- <laughs> I guess I'm just saying as a fan, uh, yes. we, we need to see more of the Smith household. Yeah, she she did appear um, in one series that we did called What's My Word. I think it was our, f- I don't know if it was our first, our first fundraiser was kind of like split in two almost. Um, and uh, one of the perks was we get to a certain level, then uh, <laughs> my wife will be compelled to join me for a game on screen. And uh, and she did, and I thought she did a wonderful job. I know she was uh, self-conscious of it and that, but I think people enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed it. And uh and she really enjoys word games, but um, I wouldn't say it's it's something that she's you know chomping at the bits to do. Uh, oh, okay. You know, but but it's it's something that uh, I have no doubt um, we'll get her back on at some point or another for another little playthrough. Uh, I'd oh, like to great. do that again at least this year at some point. We'll see. Yeah, actually, I remember seeing the watch uh, or what's your word um, video. And I don't know if she was in the intro, but I think I watched the, 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 the first video. You know, you split your videos up into several pieces, right. and essentially one game is a series. If you guys haven't seen Watch It Played on YouTube yet, definitely subscribe because it's uh, far and away one of my favorite uh, channels on YouTube. And um, I think I said this in the previous podcast, Rodney, um, that you may have listened to, but uh, you've taught me alone how to play so many of the games that I own. And a lot <laughs> of the games that I own today are because I saw them on Watch It Played. Um, oh, well, that, that's really nice. I uh, I think I've learned a lot of games because of Watch It Played too. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, uh, I don't know if I've ever really been in such a regiment of learning games uh, since since starting the channel. But um, no, I'm really pleased to hear you say that. I um, yeah, the the channel, the idea behind it, and I tried to sort of stay true to, is that uh, in an episode or two, depending on the complexity of the game. Uh, I will try to, as succinctly as possible, teach the game. Uh, and I try to teach it fully. It's not an overview. I want people to be able to sort of... They can have the rule book as a reference to remind themselves of things, but otherwise, I'm, I try not to skip over things. Uh, I don't want you to have to read the rule book and watch the video. And then uh, and then after that, uh, yeah, we, do, we will try to do a playthrough as well so people can get a sense of what it's like to play the game. And, and where possible, we, we try to get the viewers to be a, a part of the gameplay by uh, ending each episode with some kind of decision we need to make and letting people uh, vote on that. So anyone who doesn't know but watch it play, that's kind of the, the long and the short of it there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I mean the production quality is some of the best that's out there in, our, in, in what we do as far as tabletop reviews and, and, and tutorials and whatnot. 
Um, so I, I, do, I had a couple questions for you I kind of wanted to ask, um, mainly about you know the genesis of Rodney Smith, the gamer. Uh, what, <laughs> oh, sure, how, okay. <laughs> how did this happen? I mean, did you, is it something you've always done or parents get you into it? Or tell me a little bit more about that. That's interesting. Uh, I've never really thought about my, the role of my parents. Um, Rick, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, they did buy me games when I was young. You know, I think I had the traditional games, like the Milton Bradleys and that sort of thing. And even before, like, Risk and Monopoly, I had just the kids' games that I always enjoyed. Um, there was one called Cat and Mouse, and I really loved that one. People should look that up on Board Game Geek. It's an old, old classic. Probably no one's ever heard of. But um, hmm. I think the one that I, the one that stands out in my mind the most from that sort of um, collection of traditional board games would be the game Careers. Are you familiar with that one? I am not familiar with Careers. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. I don't think as popular as Monopoly and Risk and those. Anyway, the idea was is you were going to play out your career. And what was interesting is you had to pick your winning condition at the beginning of the game. So you had 60 points you had to divide up between, oh, what was it, um, fame and money and happiness. So you could say, okay, I'm going to try to accumulate 30 points in money and 30 points in fame and I don't care about happiness, okay, <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> however you want to split it up, right? And, and then you had to go around the board and it was a roll and move and, and you had to try to accumulate those things. But it was really, there was some bar- bizarre stuff on the board. Like you could, one of the careers could be like, a, you could be a space astronaut and go on an expedition to the moon. And one of the things you could accomplish was like, learn the secret of moonshine. And I never, I never knew if they meant like moonshine, like the, the light, the glow off of the moon. But now I'm an adult. I wonder if they really were playing a little, little trick on the words there, there, moonshine. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, uh, the business track, that was the best one because the only space that you could get happiness on in that trick, there's lots of spaces where you get money. But the only way you get happiness is when you hired a gorgeous secretary. <laughs> so, so this this came from an era like this. It was nineteen fifties, yeah. somewhere in the nineteen fifties. I think I had that fifties board. It's it's since been reprinted. You could find it uh, today, but I'm pretty sure they've they've <laughs> modified and updated some of those uh, spaces. It sounds like uh, Mad Men, the board game. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it yeah. is kind of. It does kind of come from that era. Uh, but anyway, I, so that was the start of it. I guess the start of that genesis. But um, I think I remember at a young age, for whatever reason. I say young age, I mean um, maybe early teens, uh, seeing an Avalon Hill catalog, and I don't know where I got it from, a hobby store, I believe, but like a hobby store where they sold like pool tables and things, you know, like a dart. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but they also had this, this catalog, and they had a few games, and I saw like, I saw Empires in Arms, I think was the first one I saw, and it listed as having like an 80-page rule book, and that just blew my mind. That, that a game could have 80 pages worth of rules. What could possibly be in there? Um, that really kind of got me. And then I looked at the playtime, and it said it ranged from, I really don't remember now, but it might have said something like from, from six hours to 6,000 hours for a game or something outrageous. And that, that should have made a sane person just run screaming, right? Like, I would run screaming now if I saw that. But back then... I just was super intrigued about what this could possibly mean. And I, I, I went through this whole process of, uh, you know, going to my parents and saying, listen, if I save up half the money for this game, will you guys pay the other half so I can get it? And I'll pay you back the rest later. But I just really wanted it. And they, they, did, they went along with that. And I got this game. And uh, I've told the story before, but basically I, I soon realized no one would ever play this game with me. Um, because it was just too much, you know. Uh, t- <laughs> no, no sane person's going to want to play this. That was my age at right. that time. 
but that, that did start me kind of uh, down that path of being interested. I think the next one I picked up was Ambush, and that was a solo game, so it was perfect. I could play that myself, and uh, and uh, that kind of, that, that was sort of a period of time that, that were gaming and sort of serious gaming made an impression on me, and then I... Uh, then I stopped for a long time, you know, I was in, like, video games came along, and MMOs, and all that kind of stuff, and I, I got busy with that for quite a while. And it wasn't until uh, I picked up Carcassonne sometime later that I kind of got back into it. Got back into the tabletop scene with Carcassonne. You know, I hear that a lot, actually, uh, that same kind of story that a game like Carcassonne brought people back into that medium. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I've heard it too. I've heard that game, and you know, of course, Settlers of Catan as well. Um, mm-hmm. But th- that was kind of the, the shoehorn back into it again, of going, "Oh yeah, that's right. There, there are neat tabletop games, and and they don't all take six thousand hours to play." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and yeah, uh, yeah that, that did get me back into it. And Arkham Horror shortly thereafter is what really put the nail in the coffin. I think, as far as wanting to get right back into the hobby, I think. Yeah, you know, I've got Arkham Horror, and I've got it on my shelf, and we attempted to play it one time. But uh, a couple of the guys I had in my in my group at the time uh, maybe had one too many drinks um, before we played. And as I was attempting to explain the game, I just saw their eyes rolling back in their heads. Like, mm. like there's no, no way we're going to get this done tonight. <laughs> no, I can understand that. It's not a game I've played a ton either. But what it did was it just it just unlocked something in me again. About, sure. Uh, like there was a game that was, again, complex. And I, I do like complexity up to a certain point. Uh, because I like all the options and choices and decisions that have to be made, and I yeah. like theme, so you know it had theme, uh, you know, interesting one, and so yeah. yes, yeah, so all that just kind of drew me back into thinking about what are the options out there again. And that's awesome. You mentioned playing uh, some MMOs and some video games. What, which, which, what are a few of the titles that kind of stood out with you <laughs> as you were deep into that? Well, I um, like I grew up with an Atari four hundred and Commodore nice. sixty four. Uh, and uh, I think of, what was it Impossible Mission or Mission Impossible, whatever that one was back in the day. Uh, some people will know what that one was. Anyway, aside from those PC games, though, I mean, I, I, um, I got into to, uh, World of Warcraft for a while there, and that uh, something I try not to think about uh, because it just <laughs> uh, I, get the sh- I get the shakes every now and then. I know yeah, I'm not you- quite past it. <laughs> I um I am I'm actually going through the same things right now. A friend of mine just sent me a scroll of resurrection, and uh, uh, every time I log into another Blizzard game, I get people from my guild. Hey, you coming back? And it's just no, I so busy right now. I just can't devote the time to it. it, uh, it it's such a it's such a. I, mean, I found it very compelling to play. I, I did like chasing the levels and all that good stuff, um, but. But yeah, it is. It is such a such a time sink, and I do like to be doing things that I can tell myself are productive. I take my time off. I do goofy things too. But that thing just demanded all of my attention. It's the only thing I wanted to do. I think that was the concern. That's the sure. part that I didn't like about it. Is I realized I want to do this more than any other recreational thing, <laughs> um, and and that's the point where yeah, and that's the point where I uninstalled it, and then yeah. like two days later reinstalled it. And then had to have that talk again with myself and uninstall it <laughs> and reinstall yeah, it. Eventually, I, I shook it though. <laughs> I think there's a support group out there for us, and, uh, you know, because I've, sure I've experienced the same thing. Um, it actually happened to my brother pretty bad. He got to the point where, um, you know, he didn't want to go to work. He just wanted to sit and play. And finally, it was like, man, you gotta just back off just a bit from this. Um, and finally, of course, he did, and um, yeah, he hasn't looked back since. So. Um, 
it was actually interesting because he after he did that he dropped a ton of weight and uh you know got got healthy and and now is married with kids and everything worked out so it's interesting isn't it how things like that can just it can kind of consume you and i don't want people to think i'm saying you shouldn't play mmos because uh, i think it is possible to play them responsibly but definitely um, Certainly, I found that I I wasn't able to do it easily. So for me, yeah. it, it just wasn't a good fit, <laughs> or, and, and, or it was it was too good of a fit. <laughs> sure, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it really is. If, if you guys haven't played World of Warcraft, I definitely recommend you at least try it. Um, it really is a great game, and it, it, but they had 16 million subscribers at one point. Um, so yeah. I mean, they have a South Park episode about it, and it, it, you know, it's just one of those games that kind of crossed over into something more than just a game you know they've got card games for it now they got board games for it now and it's got its own merchandise line they're going to come out with a movie based on the warcraft universe and it's just uh yeah it, i just it saw really them announce the good, uh, actors you know. for that yeah the actors for that movie i think were just announced recently yeah i think uh ben foster is cast in it. i don't know if you know ben foster but he was in the um he was in the punisher movie with um tom jane um, right he was one of the guys there in the building which uh Correct me if I'm wrong, Ronnie, you're a big Punisher fan, right? Huge. I put a big smile on my face when you mentioned Punisher and Tom Jane. I, 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 the, the Thomas Jane version of the Punisher um, wasn't perfect by any means, but I, I did like him as an actor, what he was trying to do. I, I think he, he struck me always as a, as a guy who understood the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and he later did a, a nice short on the Punisher. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, Dirty um, Laundry? That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Uh I'm and again, a, I, for me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, there's there's not many people I know who who can um, really appreciate Frank Castle like I can, and I, I remember I don't know reading a couple of your tweets or something like that. But um, <laughs> when I started to get into Marvel heroes, I remember uh, Punisher was the guy I got, and I think I remember sending you some uh, some videos and having you comment on one of them, saying, "Uh oh, I got to look out for this one now." Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. He's just such yeah, a I don't fascinating character, Frank Castle is, and, and the whole vengeance and, uh, you know, really it's vengeance and trying to grieve and redemption almost. It's just, he's very complex, and it, it's hard to portray that, and I thought Tom Jane did a good job, but it's hard yeah. to portray that story without just being completely over the top like uh, they do in Warzone, of course, um, intentionally. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's, I mean, he is, at the end of the day, a one-note character. Um, mm-hmm. the, the catch is, do you like that note? And um, I've always enjoyed, uh, I've always enjoyed that kind of revenge thing, uh, where some something ha- something tragic happens to someone, and then what do they do with that? You know, what do they do with that feeling? And and um, you know, we may look at someone who's who's done something horrible and go, how could they do that? But then you put someone in a situation that's really stressful and terrible, and uh, you know, things change sometimes. So mm-hmm. I've always found that interesting in the character, and um, you know, sometimes he's portrayed well, sometimes he's not. But uh, I mean, my son Luke was asking me the other day, what's your favorite Marvel character? And I don't really like to say the Punisher because you know he's a pretty dark character. I don't want to tell my very, son yeah. the, the Punisher. Um, <laughs> so, and, and probably ultimately, he's not. He's he's just someone I always go back to. It's always someone I always go back to. I'm always interested in. So, uh, yeah, no, no, I, I don't read comic books as much as I used to. I used to read them a lot. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Marvel guy at heart, although I do like the DC guys too. But uh, I don't I don't find myself doing as much of that anymore. Um, probably not as much uh, video gaming either. Uh, uh, iOS gaming, I, I'll do that still. But, uh, but that's about it, really. That and cardboard. Yeah, cardboard. I mean, I think I, I said it on one of my early videos, but there is a really 
to me, a, a huge renaissance going on right now in just tabletop gaming, whether it's card games or board games or people getting back to role-playing games. Um, we talked about earlier in this podcast, you know, the MMO bug was so strong that so many times there were so many people getting isolated in front of these lit monitors and dark rooms and not coming out for days. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after 10 years of that, people just said, you know what, let's... Let's actually talk to people again. Let's get in a room with some other human beings and have fun this way now, rather than being so um, so alone all the time. I don't know if that um, that was a big proponent for me to really get back into the tabletop gaming was just the interaction, the human interaction with some of my friends in a room, rather than uh, a VoIP conversation or just text and you know just us looking at pixels on a screen. Um, but I know there's a lot of people getting right uh, right now getting back into games again. Um, that they've played, a lot of people getting back into Magic uh, that haven't played in years and, and, and all sorts of things. So it's, it's, it's a good time to be a gamer right now. I think so. I, I think that's definitely a contributing factor is just, yeah, that reliance we have. Our work, a lot of our recreation is, is built around the screens. And uh, I think we do thrive to some degree. I think all of us do, some more than others, certainly. But on that social interaction and connection with other people and... Um, and yeah, the board games certainly provide us with that that opportunity in spades. I think. Yeah. So, what are your what are your favorite kinds of games to play? You mentioned you know complex games, um, <laughs> but are there any are there any ones that are just really really memorable for you? Just in certain genres or maybe mechanics of games that really stand out to you? Hmm. Um. I think. Let me start by saying what I don't like, because um, that's probably easy. I, I think my tastes are pretty broad. Uh, mm-hmm. To be honest, I, I don't play a lot of war games anymore, um, mainly because I'm I'm just I'm not a fan of those decimal system rule books. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I, I loved Ambush when I was a teenager, uh, the game I mentioned earlier by Avalon Hill, and I actually still want to play that again. But I've, I've since picked up games that I don't have that built-in passion for up front, like um, like Andean Abyss, which I actually am very curious to play, but. It's such a barrier to me when I open up the rule book and I see sections labeled as like three point six point twelve point a, and, uh-huh. and then I read that you know I read that <laughs> section, and, and within that section, instead of it containing full rules thoughts, it will like give you half a thought and then say you know to move to roll X. this, yeah. but if you're under heavy fire, refer to twelve point five p, you know which is in book three. I just I don't I don't enjoy that at all. Um, sure. So. So it, it, it steers me away from those kinds of games, although when I see them on the tabletop, I get I do want to play them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think I'm drawn... Gee, I don't really think I can say I'm drawn to complex or simple games, because if I look at my collection, I have a lot of simple games, I have a lot of complex games. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I, I struggle to recommend games to people. I will get asked on occasion, you know, what game do you think I should get? Because I always find the game I want to play is so heavily influenced by who I'm going to be able to play it with. Yeah. Uh, I, I love, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, say this, I really love um, Game of Thrones, the board game. Uh-huh. But I do not want to play that if I'm playing with you know three people or four people who don't want to get into that kind of a game. I would hate that game. I would not enjoy it at all. I'd much rather break out King of Tokyo. Does that mean I like King of Tokyo more than I like Game of Thrones? Well, in that occasion, I do, but on another occasion, I might not. You know, so it's it, it's uh, it's hard. It's hard for me to pin it down. But I do like games with theme. I must say, I probably am drawn more towards uh, games that have some where where the the story that the game is telling is is somehow tied into the mechanics of the game. I, I do mm-hmm. enjoy that. I, I have a few abstract games I like, but I'm not drawn to them as easily as I am to games with a with a strong sense of theme. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I can agree definitely with the theme part as well. I, I, I usually look first, um, not necessarily complexity or simplicity, um, but is there a lot of opportunity for strategy in this game? Um, I like to try to find a medium between um, dice rolling and luck-based games, whether it's deck drawing or, or rolling dice or something like that, and me actually being able to incorporate a strategy that I'm doing. Um, and then, ideally, my opponent has another strategy they're doing, and how can I solve this puzzle? Um, mm. So I look for that a lot in different games I play. If that's not there, or maybe even more important than that, it comes down to theme and storytelling, um, which are huge in role-playing, which is what you know I got my start in. Um, if I can tell a story with my friends, or if I can interact socially with my friends in a game like Dungeons & Dragons, or completely opposite of that, a game like Resistance, um, where I can just talk with my friends and play a game. Um, to me, those games really um, really make for fun nights. Uh, Resistance, uh, specifically, because that's a game you can play with anybody. Um, are you, have you played much Resistance, Rodney? Yeah, uh, well, you know, you, you were asking me about my wife earlier. Um, Christy... Like I don't, I wouldn't call her a gamer. She'll play games with me, and she'll enjoy herself well enough if the if it's light and and uh, not too intense. But the resistance is a game she really likes to play. She likes bringing it out uh, in social groups, and mm -hmm. um, you have to be careful with that game. The wrong group, it, it, it won't work um, if people sure. aren't comfortable like being deceptive and all the rest of it. But yeah. <laughs> but that's a game. That's a that's a game we've had a tremendous amount of fun with, um, and have really enjoyed in the past. And uh, and we like introducing it to friends because it's it's just one of those things where people are familiar with the party game thing. I think it has a bit of a party game feel to it uh, to some extent. Yeah. And so people are seeing a party game where they get to uh, tell fibs, um, <laughs> lie to their neighbors, and it, and it creates a lot of fun and, around the table and laughing afterwards when you discover who was who and who was telling the truth and who wasn't for sure. Right. And, uh, it's a game we've enjoyed, yeah. Yeah, so if you guys aren't aware of The Resistance, it is a mafia or werewolf-type game where essentially um, we represent a band of resistance members who are trying to overthrow a corrupt government. Uh, the only problem with, uh, with our plan, essentially, or these different missions, is that certain members of the players are secretly spies, and they're actually agents working with this government um, who are trying to subvert our cause. Um, so it's a game where um, there's a lot of bluffing involved, and there's a lot of allegations being thrown from round to round, and um, it, it makes for a very fun night of playing. Um, we actually got it um, by recommendation from one of our Twitter followers, and uh, I picked it up because it's, it's a very cheap game. It's 12 or $15 or something like that. And, That's right. Um, yeah. And it's just we we played it for hours whenever we first brought it out, and it was one of those games like, oh, you guys want to put another game on the table? Uh, you know what? Just one more round of resistance. It, it ended up being that type of thing, <laughs> and we just had a blast with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but those those social games and um, like like resistance. I mean, there's a lot more deduction and bluffing, and, and I think even strategy in the resistance, which I really like. I like how casual it is as well. Um, with the right people, I think you can get many different kinds of people who wouldn't normally consider themselves gamers, um, like your wife, um, to, to play it and it, it have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. So, um, I, like I said before, um, you know, Watch It Played is something I've definitely watched for a, a, quite a while. I think I started watching, I didn't start watching while you were filming, um, 
but your first play series that I saw was Mansions of Madness. And I think by oh. the time I started watching it, you had already established the Watch It Played channel. And uh, you, yeah, you had a probably. couple of series that you were you were just starting to do. Um, but I watched the Mansions of Madness video because I, I wanted to learn how to play it because I was really interested in buying it. And, um, you know, from from that point on to where you are today, um, I'm curious, you know, were there a bunch of road bumps getting to where you are now um, as you were going through? Or is that, um, did things just kind of fall naturally with you? I mean, you've to me, and I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm... Um, super uber watch it played fan but uh i mean to me you're one of the guys to look at to figure out you know this you want to do something right look at what rodney's doing and then try to get 50 percent of what he's doing right in your videos and if you could do that people are going to come along because you to me you make a really good product um so I mean, well any headaches along the way um i mean yes and no uh mostly no though to be honest I don't want to say it's been smooth sailing all the way through, but if, if I look back on it, it's been an overwhelmingly positive experience. I mean, I went into it with a couple of goals in mind. Um, I wanted to, well, you, you, know, you said you watched Mansions of Madness because you wanted to see how it played, right? You wanted to learn how to play it, see if it was right. something that you would want to pick up. Well, I'm really glad to hear you say that because that's why I made that first series is I, I had been struggling with, do I want to buy this game or not? Uh, you know, it wasn't a cheap game. I'd watched a bunch of good reviews, uh, and some liked it, some didn't like it, so that didn't solve my problem. Um, I looked at the components really carefully from videos. I liked what I saw, but wasn't it, was the game there uh, that I wanted to play? And for whatever reason, I, I did end up picking it up, but then it dawned on me, like, I now have the game. Maybe I could present the information in a way that would help that person who was in that same position, who's sitting there going, I think I want it, but I don't know. <laughs> so maybe if we can show it being played, that will be the last piece of the puzzle, the last possible piece of the puzzle that a person could possibly give without you actually going out and buying it yourself. Right. So, so that was kind of the, uh, the goal up front was can we create that experience? So I think, I think we've managed to do that somewhat successfully. So that, that was a positive. Um, and people seemed to respond to it well, and that was really exciting because I, you know, I wanted people to enjoy it, and people did seem to be enjoying it early on. That was very motivating, uh, as you can imagine. But um, then it was just a matter of, of figuring out how I was going to fit that into my life um, because it's, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's wildly time-consuming. Uh, the videos themselves are you know, 15, 20 minutes sometimes, but... Um, it, it, it really does, it's like hours and hours worth of time. And I, I want to be careful here as I talk about it because it can start to sound rather pretentious. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, it's not rocket science, but it, it's, just, it's just time consuming. So the practical reality was how was I going to do this if I wanted to keep doing it uh, and fit it into my life? Because I, I had a small business at home and that sort of thing that I was trying to run as well. Sure. And uh, I, was, I, wanted to, um, uh, I wanted to do it with some amount of care and attention. So I knew it was going to take time. Anyway, uh, so, so the, I think the road bumps, though, were basically the, the time factor and my personal expectations. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't have any regrets about Mansions of Madness, but I always knew in my head what I wanted the show to kind of look like. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I've been, I've been working towards that since basically, you know, that first week or second week in where I thought, yeah, I think I'd like to keep doing this. Um, so that, that process has just sort of come along with time. And people have been very uh, patient and 
uh, have sort of stuck around and followed us as we've as we've grown, and uh, and I've really appreciated that, you know. And with some of the changes, I'm sure some people have thought, oh, you know, is he going to change the format of the show to a point where I don't like it? I hope that hasn't happened. Uh, at the heart of it, uh, I always want the show to be a place where we teach how to play games. You can learn that in an episode, and then if you want to stick around, you can see how it played. We'll do some other things because I like variety. It keeps me motivated. It keeps me interested. Um, but that's going to be always the heart of the show. Uh, at least that's what I would hope anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and my two cents would be to not change anything uh, more than what you've been doing, right? Keep expanding it and keep making um, um, keep making Watch It Played, I think, for, for the Smiths first, right? And um, yeah. make sure that you guys are enjoying doing what you're doing. Because, you know, your, your family is involved with this quite a bit from what it seems like. And, um, no, that's a that's a very good point. Yeah, my my, my kids <coughs> join me a lot on the show. Andrea not as much now because she's she's older and she's very busy. Um, she's got a lot of different directions she's being pulled in. So to try to schedule things with her would be very difficult. Luke's still younger and he's still interested, so it's easier to work with him and, and he yeah. takes to it really well. So yeah, but he that's right. He's he's also very involved, and I really can't, you know, I certainly he he's a big part of it. They're all a big part of it, you know. Um, I do my part, but uh, it's certainly a shared shared project for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, one of the one of the things that kept me watching after the Mansions of Madness video was the fact that you had your kids involved, and um, you know, at the time, this must have been a couple years ago now. Uh, how long have you been doing Watch It Played? <laughs> I we are in our what we're calling, excuse me, our third season. So when. We're in our third season, so I guess we're in our third year, basically. Yeah. So it's been about two full years plus some. Yeah, I I, I want to say my my daughter was still in utero when I first saw the Mansion of the Madness <laughs> video, but she had maybe just had been born, and my son was two. And yeah, uh, okay. when I was watching the videos, and you know Luke would come in and Luke would roll some dice, and just to see his face react to some of the situations, it just made me it made me want that. Like, oh man, I I gotta involve my son with some of this stuff. And, uh, you know, and since then, I've been buying games. We've been doing tabletop stuff together. And uh, I think he's he's only four now, but he's he's he knows basic math from being able to play games. Uh, you know, he can pick <laughs> out letters and form words and stuff like that. He knows what is what. And uh, it, they're just an excellent educational tool along with um, a bonding tool as well. You know, not only uh, we play Castle Ravenloft uh, quite a bit here. And, you know, not only do we go and we, 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 we slay the bad dragon, um, but I'm teaching them how to count. And I'm teaching them how to do math and everything while we're doing it. It's just a, it's it's such a nice experience that way, especially with doing um, involving your family in this hobby. Um, yeah, it, it's it's such an interactive thing. It it exercises your brain in interesting ways. Even as a as a kid, you know, you even start doing risk assessment. You know, like when you're yeah. when you're playing a game where <laughs> should I go should I go attack this monster or not? You know, and yeah. and being able to judge what's safe and what isn't. That's something you can apply to the to the school ground, you know. <laughs> There's a bully. What should I do? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I think everything in in the right proportion is, is good. You have to be careful not to, you know, to turn your children into your <clears throat> primary gaming partner for the sake of it. But <laughs> I, th- I think I think I, and that can be very alluring. Believe me. I mean, that was one of the big motivators for. Uh, starting the channel as well, uh, you know, I talk about the benefits of being able to share information with others, and that really is truly a part of it. But there was a selfish part of it as well, which was I didn't have a local gaming group. I didn't have a lot of people around me that I could share gaming with, and I, I really craved that. And right. um, 
and, and be, doing the channel, uh, just like I'm sure you're finding with, with podcasting, it, it allows you to connect uh, on, a, on another level with the hobby that you enjoy and appreciate and, and it gives you a way to sort of give back to it. And that's very rewarding too in its own way, I suppose, right? And, and all the people you meet and the relationships you form uh, are incredibly meaningful. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting, very interesting process and project to be sure. Yeah, you know, when we first, um, it's funny you mentioned that, when we first established Let's Level Up, it's we are in our 11th month right now, so next month will be uh, our first year of being a YouTube channel and being, um, you know, a, a tabletop reviewer and, and, and whatnot. So having this voice in this industry, right? And uh, it's, when you're, when, when I'm, this year, you know, every like I get, every comment I get, it just, it lifts me up to the point where it's like, well, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for attention or am I doing this genuinely because I'm passionate about gaming? It's hard to tell sometimes. Uh, you know, when I get the really nice things said about something that I really thought I did work on, um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of, I think my favorite thing I've done to date is my review for Rapture, just, um, which is a game I was talking to you about earlier. It's a Story Weaver um, games. Uh, Joe Sweeney um, was on our first real episode of the podcast. Um, the, uh, I think it's technically episode number two. Um, but it, Story Weaver designed a game called Rapture, and I did a review for that. And um, I just I liked the way I was starting to find my voice. And this is six months into this project, so um, I think overall there are so many game or some not so many games, so many goals I had that I wanted to get established. Right, I wanted to be able to connect with people like you, Rodney, and then uh, you know some other game companies like that. And I wanted to be able to make a difference with some of these guys that are doing their Kickstarter projects. And you know, I think I have with uh, you know some of the games that I've done reviews for, and you know, help back and help spread the word on. So it's um, there's a big, huge community out there, and it's filled with just wonderful people, um, and just to get a small connection with those people, even if it's a tweet or uh, or a thumbs up or something like that, you know, it's still it still means a lot. I don't know. Do you still you you still actively monitor all your channels and you respond to pretty much everything you get, right? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Um, I, uh, I I think I you know there's there's got to be really very few comments I haven't personally responded to. Um, I, I mean, I started doing it early on. I guess for the same reason I still do it, which is I feel like if someone takes the time to come and watch uh, something I've created, some episode I've created, and they take the time to comment, um, I want them to know that I'm there and I'm paying attention and I'm interested in what they have to say. Uh, obviously, it's easier for them to leave one comment than for me to respond to 100 comments as one sure. person. But uh, that's just I don't know. That's just something that I feel is important to to to, to the channel and to what we're doing is. I want the people who are watching the show to know that they on their own are important, not the collective. Like I'm not, I don't look at my subscriber count. I, I, I one thing I, I never do is talk about my subscriber count um, mm -hmm. or numbers or stats. I, I, they're important on some level in terms of sustain, the sustainability of the channel. But right. to someone watching, to someone watching, that's not important to them. Uh, what I would think is important that they feel connected, that they know that I'm playing the game and then I'm interested in, in their contribution to it. So, so yeah, uh, long story short, that, that's been an important part of, of doing the channel and feeling that social connection to the people that I'm you know, engaged with. So, so that's been really neat. And again, that's, that's been a very, very rewarding part of it. I mean, you talked about, you know, um, the, the mixed 
feeling of your own personal satisfaction and then also the satisfaction that comes from people's contributions and feedback. Mm-hmm. It is a mixed bag. I mean, if you, if you rely too heavily on the positive feedback of people, then that means if that changes at some point in time, if people turn against you sure. <laughs> and start, and start yeah. disliking what you're doing, <laughs> yeah. then does that, mean, does that mean you're going to lose your self-worth in what you're doing? So you do have to probably be, you know, people have to be careful of that because the internet can be um, kind of a, a, an angry place at times uh, and less than civil. I think our gaming community, for the most part, though, at least my experience with it, has been very, very good, very good, and, and very supportive and positive, which is great to see. Um, yeah, mine as well. Yeah. You know, um, be, being a again a novice in this in this type of thing, um, I've I've been blown away with some of the people I've met and talked to, and um, very eager to you know start getting out there in some of the cons and, and meeting some of these guys and. Um, you know, forming, building relationships and partnerships out there, I think is, is huge. And, um, I think I myself have been blessed just with the people I've gotten to talk to. And it's just, it's awesome all around. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We are in agreement. We are in agreement. I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in my basement shooting videos. That's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, uh, doing something lofty here. I'm in, I'm, putting energy into something I enjoy and I'm passionate about and it's super fun to have people share that passion so that's 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 really I think at the heart of it hopefully and uh, yeah that's that's a great part of it that's awesome man um, well is there anything is there anything big coming uh, next year that you're exciting uh, excited for either gaming wise or maybe something that you guys are gonna do with watch it play that you can talk about um, well one thing I've talked about doing before and I haven't, I thought I would have done it by now. I was actually kind of hoping I would get it done before the end of this year, but it hasn't happened. I would really like to tackle a role-playing game on the, on the series. Uh, I don't get to do a lot of role-playing because of the time commitment involved with it. Mm-hmm. But I really, I really enjoy the experience. And if there's someone out there who watches my channels into board gaming and doesn't really know a lot about role-playing but has been curious, I'd love to be able to sort of solve that riddle for them, you know, share a little bit about what role-playing is like. So... Mm-hmm. I still have it in mind. That's something I want to do as soon as possible. I, I want to do a, a, another couple of live games as well. Um, maybe like uh, like we did before with Zombie Side, where we had people join in and really help us make decisions on the fly. And you that know, was a lot I was, of fun to do. I was there for that game. Were you really? <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, I remember. Um, I think Luke came down and just had an insane role that we really needed to um, that we really needed to get us out of that tough spot. And I remember the channel just going nuts. With people commenting, and then uh, you know, you had that. You had you had another one of those moments. Where I was like, "Man, Rodney is is just a nice guy." Um, um, where you know, Luke it, Luke goes back upstairs, and I, I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but Luke goes back upstairs, and you just kind of turn to the camera and you look, and you're like, "Guys, just thanks." Like, you don't have any idea what that means to me and what that must mean to him. I mean, that's just crazy for all this positive energy that you guys are sending his way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I know what you mean now. Yeah, that's right. Because he came down. And, you know, we're, we're live on the Internet. People can be – people can say and do whatever they want, and he's right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. – I've never had to really filter him too much. Um, I mean, he doesn't read the comments on YouTube and that sort of thing. He comes down and records the shows with me, and he has an awareness of what goes on. I will pass information to him. But people were so excited for what he had done in the game, and it was great to have it live because it's just unreal. I mean, I'm a rational person. I know he doesn't have any special luck. Uh, yeah, but but he rolls like a beast so consistently. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that uh, that fact. So so for him to, to come down, do that, and have everyone react so positively and cheer him on, 
And for me to be able to show him that sort of live happening, that's, that's great. You know what I mean? That was really fun and encouraging. I just so appreciate people just sort of being so positive and encouraging. It was wonderful. I mean, he's, he's a young kid, right? So those sort of things sure. are things that shape and form you and form your self-worth and how you feel about yourself. So that was great. It was just super, super community. Yeah. I hope you go. I, I definitely hope you do a lot more of those live playthroughs. That's that's something that I've explored. I just don't have the hardware yet um, to be able to handle something like that because I think that'd be really fun. And there's not a I whole lot a, of live play tabletop games out there. Yeah, I live kind of in in an area that just doesn't have. Uh, there's no fiber op here, and that's the biggest yeah. thing that holds me back. Is I would do it more often if I thought I could have consistent video streaming, uh, and I just don't feel confident I can do that. So I. I have to do everything. It has to be all set up very perfectly. It has to be the right. right game. There's not going to be a ton of movement on the board and all that sort of thing. So I'll do it again, but it'll probably be like, you know, once in a blue moon until finally Fiber Op gets to my little <laughs> my little house in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, and by the way, if you ever need some help organizing a role-playing team or need a player, I am definitely willing to throw my hat into that arena. Um, I'd that's be, right, because you, you're, you're a long-time role player. Yeah, I, I would love yeah. to join you on that. That'd be fun. Um, oh, super. But I, I'm sure you have plenty of people who'd be willing to say the same thing, so <laughs> I don't think it's hard for you to find friends on the Internet. <laughs> uh, it's, it's always the hardest thing is that there's so many things I'd love to do with so many different people, and yeah, everyone's busy. We've all got busy lives, and, and yeah. scheduling and coordinating things is such a challenge, you know. Um, but um, but I'm always interested in looking out for the next opportunity to do something with somebody. Hey, like we're doing here right now. Like this is this is so fun. It's so different. Like I I was actually a little bit nervous going into this um, because I'm so used to being in front of the um, the camera when I talk about games that that's where uh -huh. I think my comfort zone is. Even though if I'm screwing up, well, I guess I can edit it and I can sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can take it out. I guess I can't do that here. Yeah. I'm in your hands now, I suppose, is maybe part of it. But um, but it is a different dynamic. But it's been fun just to kind of casually talk about games and our experiences with it. I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's nice. Well, it's fun to think about. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have you. Um, you know, if you ever... Uh, maybe I'll, sh I'll shoot you a video for your next table talk or something like that and repay yeah, you a well, favor. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, the last thing I wanted to do, I definitely want to be mindful of your time, and guys, thank you for listening uh, to the podcast, but I'd, I'd like Rodney to break one of his kind of rules, if he wouldn't mind. Oh, um, dear. You know, Rodney doesn't like to review games very much, and I don't want to speak for you, Rodney, but you don't like giving those personal recommendations, as you mentioned on this podcast, but uh, Christmas gift ideas for gamers. You know, wh what do you think, if, if they don't already have it, is there a game or two where you think... 80% of the people are just going to love this thing, or, or it means so much to you that you think it, somebody else could find that type of same meaning in it. You know, are there any big games out there that, you, that you'd recommend? Not necessarily... Well, you're right. I don't typically recommend, yeah. but that's on my channel. I'm not on my channel right now. I'm on your channel, yeah. so uh, <laughs> you're, you're the host. I can play by your rules. Um, sure. Um, can, I, can I break it down into a couple of categories? That will make me feel better about it. Absolutely. Uh, Sure. Okay, so I think one of the one of the favorite kinds of games I love to play at Christmas time, the kind of games I like to break out, um, are the games that I can get like my in laws and my family and the kids and everyone around the table and having fun. So it doesn't have to. It's not heavy. It's going to be something that people are going to just laugh, you know, and be able to enjoy themselves and not to think right. too hard. So one of my recent discoveries is a game called Labaka. And it has been a lot of fun. I don't know if you're familiar with. Are you familiar with this game? I am. I'm not familiar with Lavaca. Okay. Well, 
Um, maybe some of your, your listeners aren't either. I'll, I'll very quickly describe it. The game comes with a, a bunch of blocks, wooden blocks of different colors. And you are randomly paired up with people around the table. And someone else at the table will have a timer. Let's say I'm, I'm paired up with you, okay? So another person has a timer. They're going to start the timer. Another person has a card they're going to reveal to us. I'm going to see one side of the card. You're going to see the other. And then I have to use the blocks on the table to position them in such a way in a stack that matches what I'm seeing. So my point of view has to match what's on the card. The challenge okay. is you're also building with the same blocks in the same configuration, except you need it to, to work on your side of things. So we have to do a certain amount of communication, but I can't see what your side looks like and you can't see what my side looks like. So I'm like, no, I need the red one here. And you're like, well, yeah, it can be there, but then we need to twist it this way so that I can't see it on my side. I need this block in front and so on. Uh, we did a little, uh, a little unboxing of that game on our channel and did a quick little playthrough of it. If people are interested, they can go there and see it. But it's, it's really fun. So it's, the idea is we're working together. As soon as we both finish it, we say we're both done, the person with the timer stops it. And based on how quickly you can do it, you get a certain amount of points. And then we're randomly paired up again with somebody else. So you're going to play with everyone around the table. Whatever team you're on, you're always trying your best because you're both sharing the score at that time. At the end of the game, you then add up your points that you were awarded from each of those matches. Whoever has the most points is the winner. Um, hopefully that makes a certain amount of sense. It's a very visual yeah, game. That sounds, but it's, that it's a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, it's very, almost very like cool. a um, like a more creative version of the ten thousand dollar pyramid. If you remember that old game show. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very neat. It's by Z-Man Games, and uh, definitely worth a look. Um, for kids' games, I recently discovered the game Magical Labyrinth. Um, I saw your video on that. It looks like a lot of fun. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah, the title on that's a little bit deceptive. The title for the video was like X-Wing Contest and Bonus Unboxing Playthrough. Uh, uh -huh. And so I unboxed this game and we just did a sample turn of it. Uh, and I just think that's a, a game that the kids would enjoy. I won't bother giving you the whole breakdown of the game, but people should should check it out. It's fun with with magnets, a little bit of memory element to it. Anyone can play it. And it's challenging for adults too. Um, at least I find it challenging because my memory is yeah. not great. And a, and, a good, uh, and a good exercise as well. Memory games are important. Uh, if you guys aren't playing them, you should keep you sharp. No, that's right. <laughs> keep you sharp, man. <laughs> no, it's really good. It's, it's good. It's a fun game. Kids, kids dig it. Like Luke, absolutely loved it. And he, and people who've watched my show know he he'll play party games and crazy games, complicated games. But he just as much enjoys those simple little fun games too. And that's one that he he really dug. If I was going to recommend kind of a more gamier game for that gamer in your life who wants something a little more meaty. Uh, I'd probably say Kemet. I've been having such a wonderful time with that game, whether I'm playing it two-player or with more people. Uh, it's a dudes-on-the-map game that just uh, I really, really, really enjoy. Great components, good artwork, awesome. interesting theme. And uh, we did do a series on that. Uh, not really trying to plug that part of it, but we did do it. If someone's curious about what the game is like and how it plays, you can see that on our, our channel. But, uh, yeah, really, really love that one. So. Those would be probably my, my Christmas gift suggestions. There's lots of them, though. I mean, there's so many great games right now. We're in such a wonderful time for being able to choose all kinds of things to suit whatever our interests are, really. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just... What, what, what about yourself? What about yourself? Do you have any recommendations for Christmas? I'm sure people want to hear what you think. Um, I definitely want to... Again, I kind of talked about this last episode, but um, if you haven't played Mage Wars yet, I highly recommend Mage Wars. It's it's a Again, it's not a game for... Um, for I think intro people who are, are people who are just cutting their teeth into gaming, um, but if you're a fan of Magic the Gathering or if you're a fan of strategy games, I think Mage Wars is a very very good strategical game. Um, 
very awesome. And uh, as far as more casual stuff goes, uh, you know, Talking Echo is just is just awesome. So check <laughs> oh, check yeah, those yeah. two out. Um, King of Tokyo. I got my son King of Tokyo for Christmas, and uh, I hope he's going to love it. I've seen plenty of people play it, and I'm excited for him to unwrap that guy and for us to play our first round with it. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I have no, I have no doubt that will go over really well. King of Tokyo is just another great pick. I mean, so many great games. I mean, so many great suggestions. Yeah, there, I mean, it's just at the end of the day, I will play anything at least once. Yeah. Um, and then it, it depends if, if it's a good game, I'll go back and play it again. Um, even if it's not a good game, if somebody wants to check it out, I'll still go and play it. I really, it has to be a really special game for me to just say, no, thanks. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> play that one again. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, I'm a gamer and, uh, I'll play anything. And I, and I, it kind of stinks because a lot of the times when I do reviews, they're always, they're always so nice. Like I never have anything bad to say because I enjoy every game for its own reason like there's 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 different things i can find about really liking in each game i play um some people can get the kind of get their backs up about that like uh wanting to see that negative review to help uh ensure your in- your your um your intellectual integrity and your honesty your you know what sure. i mean yeah um, but it's it's just one of those things i mean if you not having something bad to say about other games doesn't mean there aren't good things in the games you're talking about. Um, right. You don't have to have a bad review to prove that you have good reviews for things, the things that you like. It doesn't make I, them more true. I agree <laughs> 100% there. And, and I do try to point out while I'm, when I'm doing my video reviews, um, I, I will say things that I don't like about the game um, and things that, I, uh, that maybe suggestions that I think could make it better and at least my experience better with it. Um, like, uh, if you played much Betrayal at House on the Hill, I've never played it. Of course, I've heard tons about it, and oh, it's been amazing. recommended to me before. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing game. I really love it. Um, but the, 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 the printing that I have is um, it's a bit, I think, I think it's the second edition or something like that. And this, this edition, this version of it is kind of notorious for um, the player cards are essentially little hexagons. And uh, you have a slider that fits on there. But the only problem is out of the box, the sliders fall off. Um, anytime you right. go to bump and move your slider around, now the next thing you know, it's off the table or it's you know okay. off the card. Um, so, s- quick solution with that is you know get a piece of tape and put it on there. Uh, better, better overall solution is hey, you know let's let's fix the game and make it so that's not doing that problem anymore, which right. I think they've done. But um, you know, just little things like that. I, d- I definitely don't try to. You know, I, was, uh, I think it was Hunter. I was talking with this last week. And, you know, you tell somebody they, they you don't like their game. It's like telling them they have an ugly child. It's just not. It's it's to me. There's just something to that. That's not. Um, it's not okay. Sometimes. Sometimes it is. I've got a Mayfair game that I have right now that I'm been holding off on doing a review for that I just do not like. And I won't mention yeah. its name right now, but it's not uh, not one of my favorites that they've done. That's for sure. <laughs> and that's allowed. Yeah. They can't all be winners. I mean, the thing is, obviously, not every game is going to be liked by everybody. That's just a just a fact. Um, oh, for so sure. That's that's going to happen for sure. If, especially if you're in the reviewing game, you're going to eventually come across, I'm sure, lots of games that uh, don't appeal. And then it just comes down to whether you talk about them or not. You know, I, yeah. I think a lot of reviewers find the amount of time and energy it takes to make a review um, makes it very unsatisfying on a personal level to take the time to just basically say this game's no good. Um, yeah. You know, I that, know that I definitely have that yeah. that opinion on that for sure. Yeah. 
Um, well, okay, Rodney, I guess we can go ahead and wrap things up here. Um, again, just want to thank you so much um, for taking the time to talk to us today. Um, I really appreciate it. I think you guys are a couple hours ahead, so it's getting close to midnight over there, isn't it? It is. It is getting close to midnight here. But it, listen, it was, a, it was a real pleasure to talk with you, Rick. And nice to be able to talk to your listeners. I hope they enjoyed it. And um, I look forward to hearing more of, of what you produce. So keep, yeah. keep it up, man. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. Um, you guys, thank you so much for putting up with my head cold. I don't know if I came across sounding ultra stuffy on this episode or not, um, but I hope it's okay. And um, a couple things before we close up. If you're not already subscribed to Watch It Played, please do so. I, I, I can't say enough good things about the things that Rodney and the rest of the Smiths are doing there at that channel. Um, really is, I think, uh, you know, a 10 out of 10 as far as quality goes he, you know what Rodney one last thing um, sure. it blew me away I think I don't know if it was your Space Hulk video um, no that, I don't think that was the game anyway, he threw some VFX in the intro of the game as you're in, showing, showcasing some of the components where you've actually got um, you know gunfire coming out of some of the miniatures and, and, and whatnot that, that was Space Hulk um, was that Space Hulk yeah I, I'm actually really glad you mentioned that because I really, I'd love to take this opportunity to say a quick shout out to to two people. One in particular, Chaz Charlton, um, who's been doing the music and sound for our videos for it feels like forever. It hasn't been forever. Um, I think he came on. I don't know, early on, though. Early on in the series, for sure. But anyway, he does a wonderful, wonderful job for us. Uh, never asks for anything. Uh, that doesn't stop me from, from sending things his way. But just just a wonderful guy. And then uh, Diego Malo, who's done a bunch of wonderful 3D effects for us, helped me out with the title animations. I used to do all that stuff myself. And it was uh, it was time-consuming. And he stepped in and really helped out. And I, just, I think it helps set the tone sometimes for the game. It helps people prepare for what the game is going to be like and it's exciting and it's cool and I always love what these guys do and I'm just I've been so fortunate to have people like them and many others who have come along and, and said hey can I help in some way and volunteer their time um, and that's just been it's been fantastic it's just brought it's brought the, the quality of the show up uh, several notches so it's definitely as I say before it's it's definitely a team effort um, yeah so that, that's that, awesome uh, really cool yeah yeah, so you guys can uh, subscribe to Watch It Played on YouTube if you just go to youtube.com forward slash watch it played. Did I get that right, Rocky? That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. All one word, watch it played. Awesome. And as always, all of Let's Level Up's content is available at letslevelup.net. Please, if you haven't already, if you like us, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff, and this podcast is available on Stitcher and iTunes. So make sure you subscribe there best thing you can do for us though is just tell some friends about the about the channel and um, let's just try to keep this thing rolling because i'm having a great time talking with people like rodney and uh, you know showcasing some of these great games on our youtube channel so uh rodney again thank you so much buddy we'll have to do this again sometime and uh, i really appreciate it thank you anytime appreciate it rick thank you